0: and welcome to Lewis Black's Randcast number 22, entitled A Coyote in the Bronx, specifically on the 16th green at the Van Cortlandt Golf Course, the oldest public golf course in the United States. It was, uh, it came into being in 1895. And uh, when I first moved to New York, we used to go out there on the subway uh, hop off and uh, walk through Van Cortlandt Park, which is uh, quite a, a big, huge, beautiful park out there. And um, but we saw a coyote, and why not? Why not? Sure, maybe it's a, a metaphor for our times, if that's the right word to use. A coyote in the Bronx—it's fucking unbelievable. On a golf course—that there's a golf course in the Bronx—is unbelievable. But a coyote, we saw it walking across the green. I've uh, we, we seen animals out there. That day we saw a three deer. Maybe it was in search of the deer. I mean, the insane thing is, as you can see, apartment buildings, highways uh, crisscross around it. And yet here is this guy. Where the fuck could it have come from? Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 a coyote in the Bronx, a narcissist in the White House. Why not? And, uh, I, I just, uh, I look when I, my family, uh, when I was first coming to New York, my mother's family is where we would visit. And, uh, they lived in the Bronx, Jerome Avenue, to be specific. Uh, my uncle had an op- optometry, uh, place right up the, the street. And, um, it was, uh, really the, uh, home of, uh, A lot of lower and middle-class folks who eventually ended up uh, out on uh, on Co-op City, where I believe uh, they were able to go buy places. And by doing so, kind of began to uh, really walk away from some of the, really the nicest uh, apartment buildings I've ever been in in New York City. But I never saw a coyote. Maybe they feared brisket, the smell of... uh, Stuffed cabbage coming out, wafting through the windows. I have no idea how a coyote ends up in the Bronx or what it means. What does it portend? Uh, Lord knows it was certainly, that was on Sunday. So why not on Monday? The vaccine comes out. It's uh, given the nurses in New York City, is given the, the first vaccination. With a, and uh, they treated it as if it was the moonshot. Everything stopped. That's what children will remember. God, the the vaccination. Where were you when the first vaccine came out? Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, And it was huge because we, we really didn't do what should have been done in order to to break that curve, but that's really for another time. There are people who aren't even going to take the fucking vaccine, which I won't well, I can't even begin to. What could possess you at this point, huh? Do you not think it's really, uh, it's it, it, it really, seriously? Okay, I, I, I just—it's incomprehensible to me. I, I I can't sit here and have an argument about it. I'm tired of it. Okay, you can't make up shit. No one is sending something into you so they can track you. You're carrying a phone around, you asshole. That's how they track you. That's how they sell you shit. That's where you got the information that told you about the vaccine, that it would be how they would track you. What the fuck is the matter? Wake up. I'm sick of it. It's exhausting. It's too exhausting. Same day almost like synchronicity huh the electoral college goes hey who joe biden's the president this is after the uh, supreme court had rejected uh, a bid by the state of texas well <laughs> this is the, the road to madness is filled with uh, madness the state of texas decides they're going to go after uh, the votes in uh, wisconsin georgia Michigan, I can't remember the other state, maybe Arizona, uh, declare all of those votes uh, that there'd been fraud, you know? So, how do you do that, assholes? So, if you throw out those votes, then you throw out all the people who won, who were Republicans or Democrats, you throw out everybody? Seriously? So that he can win? What, what happens to the rest of them? The, the, those votes count. I, this is, if somebody's got to be, where is, is, is nobody home? Can, you know, look, I, I, I cannot believe that we continue uh, to, as soon as the Texas did this, somebody should have gone to Texas. Shh, no, not going to happen. 100 some odds Republican congressmen decide to back this. Senators aren't even recognizing that the vote was real. Come on! Look, I, What? I, first off, I thought, well, we're not entering, you know, we're fighting not to enter the 21st century. Okay. So we're, I, for a while there, I thought, well, maybe we just can't get out of the 20th. We can't get out of, an, of the 18th century, the 19th century. I think we're stuck right around 1856. You know, and we got to move on. Our roots are fucking deep into that shit. And it's enough is fucking enough is fucking enough. All right. The world changed. Okay. Time to move on, you dinosaurs. All right. Okay. You've hit your ice age. Fucking belly up. Ball game's over. I certainly didn't think that I would be living in a time at this point when I'm walking down that hallway toward the, the light, I hope, and that I would, I would have to be sitting here talking about stuff that we, we that have already been through. I thought we would not have to go through this shit again. I thought this would this would pass, and this would pass, and this would pass, and then soon we would move on into a more intelligent and enlightened age. Yeah, we you know. You gonna deny science? God, what century is that? Galileo, fuckers! Jesus! Oh, I better stop. It's uh, you know. Look, can we just have a uh, just maybe one one place that people can go if they need to find a fucking fact? It can be called the the the, the fucking fact place. And somebody can say, God damn it, I need to find a fucking fact. And people go, oh, well, that's easy. Go to the fucking fact place. That's where you'll find your fucking facts. Maybe I'll start that when this is all over. <laughs> Just maybe. Yeah. Well, I can hear the Christmas bells. They're rolling our way. And uh, where we're rolling this week is into... Uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. That's right. We'd come out of Rochester and headed toward uh, Springfield. First casino built in uh, Massachusetts at the uh, area ballroom, the MGM Casino. We've got some uh, great rants coming out of there. I'm always, uh, I've been very, very pleased. Uh, as I continue to say, and I hope that that, that these rants uh, give you the kind of pleasure that they've given me reading them. And uh, we have a few new ones from folks uh, who've sent theirs in. And please continue to send yours in. We'll continue to read them. And even when this rant cast kind of goes through its run of shows from the road that we were we were on until things came to a halt. Once that's done, we'll have a whole new series of rants to be read. If you can get them to me, I'll be reading them. I want to thank you all for listening. Have a very merry merry and a happy happy and all that fucking jazz. But enjoy your uh, whatever holiday you're celebrating. Shalnuka Charka, Christmas, Kwanzaa. We're just, uh, you know, waiting uh, for, you know, the FedEx guy to bring you some (laughs) extra booze. Okay, knock it back. Take care. Thanks for listening. This comes to us from Tim Guza. Dear Lewis. I'm writing to you from Los Angeles, where this past weekend, our total of new COVID cases was over 10,000 in one day. In May, when the city began to reopen, our health department, like in many other places, decided that outdoor dining was the best way to keep our restaurants afloat. What they failed to consider is, is that this town is filled with young assholes who can't do shit without a dozen of their friends being involved. When 50 people are crammed onto a 200-square-foot patio, slamming mimosas and shout-talking about the great new startup they're working for, it's not doing much to mitigate the spread of the virus. Maybe if all the yuppies could have brunch at home for a couple of months, we'd have a chance of getting this under control. Learn to make your own avocado toast, you Silicon Beach fucks. Now, everything is shut down again, and the restaurant owners are having a shit fit. And I get it. I own a small business, and I took quite a hit this year myself. But this is not the time to crowd people together so they can eat, drink, and blab together. Especially here. Did I mention that we had 10,000 new COVID cases in one day? Maybe think of this as retribution for charging $20 for fucking avocado toast. Sincerely, Tim Guza. P.S. I'm an avid bicyclist. And even though I've heard you carry on about how we're no good spandex-clad Lance Armstrong's wannabe, which is mostly accurate. I still think you're funny. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. And I thought that was pretty good, too. I appreciate it. Thanks for sending it along. This comes to us from Melissa Lobo, and she's sending it to us from a friend. This summer, a few months into the pandemic, my apartment building installed new sanitizing stations, which was a good thing. I guess the idea was to make keeping one's hands clean almost foolproof. One day, entering from the basement level, I waited by the elevator. Someone, sans mask, came in from the parking garage, talking loudly on their phone. They walked past me, wedged their phone between their ear and shoulder, which I assumed was to free up their hands to get some sanitizer. At least they would follow that protocol properly. Men, oh, instead they slipped their foot you're not going to believe this, out of their sandal and stuck it right underneath the dispenser. They proceeded to rub sanitizer into both of their feet with their hand. This was all done without a break in their obnoxious conversation. They slipped their freshly sanitized feet back into their sandals in time to catch the next elevator. Through my shock, I at least had the presence of mind to wait for the next one. What the fuck? Sincerely, Zed in Canada. (laughs) Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Zed. It's always nice to know it's it's not just us here. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Used sanitizer on their feet. Before, um, um, wow. Thank you. This is from Kent Vong. Hi, Lewis. I work for a company that has to fix their products on a regular fucking basis. I have no problem with this. Shit breaks all the time. But explain to me this. What the fuck do courier companies like DHL and UPS think a fucking address means. Every day, I send parts out to repair people like Santa Claus on a drug-induced mission to all parts of this country. And yet somehow, some fucking how, these cunts, please excuse the language, I'm an Australian, in a goddamn truck think they're playing darts with a fucking package and just send it to some jerk-off location nowhere near the fucking address and think that's good enough. What? does it take to get a single item from one location to another at a reasonable time? Am I asking the impossible here, Lewis? Amazon can deliver to me a complete fucking house if I ordered it
1: piecemeal
0: fucking today. And yet somehow, these more established and more well-known supposed couriers can't. Fuck off. Do I need to have some cunt stick ass wipe to stand at the address with road flares looking like a redneck air traffic controller to wave these fuckers in? And yet, every single time something goes wrong with delivery, the customer believes it's somehow my fucking fault. Like I've somehow deliberately decided to jump on one of these trucks and drive it off a fucking road to end myself the parts, and the driver, all of which would be applauded if social media knew of the organization I work for. These shit-for-brains fucking couriers have fucking maps, and their trucks have fucking GPS on them. How the fuck do they not know how to find a fucking address? Lewis, I have no idea how you ship your merchandise, but I sincerely hope you or your customer service department never have to deal with these absolute wastes of brain cells and oxygen. But if you do, I hope that the aneurysm that takes you or the customer service representative out feels pleasant and fills you or they with happiness, knowing that they'll never have to deal with the shit fucks that have the call to call themselves courier companies. Despite having slower transmission rates, than gonorrhea, which I pray the executives of each of those companies get, knowing that shit rolls downhill. And it's probably not actually completely the driver's fault. Thank you. This rant comes to us from Andrew Whetstone. I've been a primary care physician for 28 years. Yes, I've gone from doctor to internist, to gatekeeper, to a fucking primary care physician. And I'm probably still not done being reclassified yet. What profession has had so many fucking names in the last 25 years? After all the hours studying... 36-hour sleepless shifts, middle-of-the-night phone calls, going to the hospital at 2 a.m. and developing a practice of over 2,000 patients. I'm called a fucking primary care physician? Who do I blame for this degradation of my profession? Well, it's the fucking government and fucking insurance companies. When I first started this honorable profession, I was able to see a patient, spend time with them, time, real fucking time, more than 15 minutes, examine them, make a diagnosis, and order appropriate tests and medicines to help my patients. Well... Now I can see a patient just like fucking Lucy and Ethel at the chocolate factory assembly line. And after their fucking drive-thru visit, then it's your fucking guess what I can do. One year, the medicine's covered. The next year, it's not. The insurance companies can't make up their fucking minds. And don't think that Medicare is a fucking gift to humanity. They're just as bad as all the others. Medicare. Fuck Medicare. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see all these fuckers in Washington have to go on Medicare. None of these fucking idiots are on Medicare. They are on special plans that normal working people like you and me will never see. They don't have to deal with deductibles, co referrals, formularies. No fucking way. They have their own little concierge plans that are in no way like the plans their constituents have to deal with. Yet, we let these assholes run the world. You know how many times I've been told I can't order this test and I have to spend more time on the phone with some paper-pushing clinician who gave up on caring for people and went to the other side working for the insurance assholes who get paid to say no. I've spent 20 minutes in phone tree hell to finally get to talk to the miserable fuck to plead for my patient to get the test that I want. And in 28 years, I've never been given a final no. They always approve it. What a giant waste of fucking time, money, and resources that could be used to actually take care of our country. Imagine that. Actually caring about and taking care of sick people. What What a concept. All it would take to stop this bullshit is one of these congressional assholes to get sick and need a test. And to be told no. No, Mrs. Pelosi, you can't have that brain MRI or Botox. No, Mr. McConnell, you can't have that special stress test to clear you for the penile prosthetic implant surgery so you can fuck your young wife instead of fucking all of us. What do I want for 2021 aside from the pandemic to end? I want the nation to say no to these motherfuckers and kick their asses out of office but who am i i'm just a primary care physician andrew whetstone md thanks for taking care of us andrew thanks for getting that off your chest i went um spent time as i was in a relationship with a woman for a while quite a while an actress and her her dad was a uh was a doctor and he he liked medicare actually so but that was a while back so uh not to not to break make an argument i'm sure i'm sure you've you've nailed it on the head you certainly uh, it's something that's always bothered me is that their insurance is what it is. And and then they vote for what, uh, then they're going to tell us what uh, insurance should be when they have the best. Oh, fuck you. Thanks, Andrew.
1: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done. Well, I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, That's A N G I dot com.
0: Coming to you live from the MGM in Springfield, Massachusetts, and we couldn't be happier. Springfield is uh, one of the few cities that actually did a production, a professional production, of a play of mine called One Slight Hitch, and my uh, friend Rand Forrester, who directed it, is actually here this evening. So that's... Yeah. It's, uh, so it's, uh, it's nice to be back. And for those who are uh, watching worldwide, if you, you say, fuck, where was basketball invented? It was invented here. It was invented here out of total fuck-boredom. They just were like, fuck, fuck, I don't, I don't think the radio's going to work. And then they started bouncing a ball, and the rest is oh, fucking a billion-dollar industry. So, and the, the Hall of Fame is here, too, the Basketball Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. And, and the enthusiasm—you could hear it all. You could hear the enthusiasm. <laughs> yes, it's uh, so. Um, here we go. This is uh, finally. Uh, this is from Generation X. Finally, I can rant, and I'm in the audience. <gasps> I guess. I guess it's you. Um, A lot of people were grumbling about the level of security getting into the show. It felt like a courthouse. And when I picked up my comp tickets, I thought your staff was going to ask for a cheek swap. Let me just clear something up. Uh, That's not my staff. (laughs) Okay? I'm not like uh, an army. (laughs) I don't travel with this group of people. uh, You know, and... uh, and, and, and uh, it, it, it's just always amazing to me. People go, Why did you set up the seats this way? Well, yeah, that's what I did. I came in <laughs> really early. You know, I really got into comedy so I could do a seating chart. <laughs> you know, we, there are, you, look, you know, the, you, that's just the way it is now. That's the life we're leading now, you know, until we want to deal with. The way things are in terms of the way in which we deal with, you know... um, I won't even use the word. I won't even fucking say the word. Why? Because people go, So I won't even say the word. (laughs) Until we deal with that, they're going to... Your cheeks might get swabbed. (laughs) And we... When I do private shows, and uh, if somebody has comp tickets, we do do a cheek swab. (laughs) We have to. If the tickets are comp, you gotta be sure we gotta do a DNA test. Um, this is Eric Bernstein. I got my, my four wisdom teeth extracted this week. Ah! Fuck. I'm in my mid 40s, and so they called it a fucking geriatric extraction. That's. Wow. Wow, 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 that's bullshit. (laughs) No, that's a mid-40s extraction. Geriatric comes later. By then, if you'd hit 70, they'd have just fallen out. (laughs) (laughs) They called it a a fucking geriatric extraction. Perfect. But I will say that it was a nice break from the coverage of the president at the NATO meeting in England. (laughs) What medical procedure would you prefer to watching the inevitable impeachment trial in the Republican Senate? Um, What I would like, and what I've always really enjoyed, and I've even done a bit about it, is, uh, uh, and I'm one of the few people who's really uh, a big proponent, uh, a colonoscopy. Uh, And the reason is it's the only way that you can really get that that kind of a knockout, you know, where they they put you under with a drug called Propocol. And that that fucking anesthetic is the anesthetic that was the anesthetic of choice of Michael Jackson. And there is a reason for that, because it is heaven! <laughs> I have trouble sleeping, okay? So anytime time that I can fucking get some sleep. <laughs> so that's what I would do. I would fucking, if I'm going to do it, I ain't... That's the goddamn... I'm not, I'm not going to be awake for that fucking thing. I want to be put out. And, and uh, the, the great thing about protocol was when I got up, the first time I had it, because you, you go into that colonoscopy, because all they do is they show you, you know, here's a submarine going inside, the human... Boy, I don't know how you fit that in there. And look at those... Whoo, there's a whole... They're all dressed in military gear and stuff. And that's what they show you, but they don't show you, you go out. I went out, I woke up, I fucking woke up, I fucking, I felt like a billion, I felt the best I've ever, I just fucking, I, I said, well, how come we don't have this? Why, how come I can't get this at home? Fuck, I could get so much more done if I was fucking had this kind of sleep. God damn it, now I, you fucking, Eric, you fucked up. Now I'm, now I'm, all I'm going to do is as soon as that fucking impeachment goes on, I just had a colonoscopy, I'm going to go back for another. All right, I'm just going to read these to give you a sense of what's going on here. Um, this is unbelievable. I'm going to read them all in a row. I may or may not respond because it's just extraordinary. So uh, how did I end up next to a hardcore? This is Alex Fisher. How did I end up next to a hardcore Republican at a Lewis Black show? I will tell you this until the last few years. Um, all of, um, all of my shows, really, uh, were both sides came. Both sides, without any problem. And even when I declared uh, that I was a socialist, both sides showed up. Because I think everybody realized, what the fuck's he going to get done? <laughs> <laughs> if, that's, if that's the best the party's got, fuck. <laughs> we could stop that shit. No, so I. It was always because I did go after both sides because both sides and, and both sides appall me. I, I find it appalling now. Um, it's unbelievable to me. I got one side going, ar, 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 ar. "We're going to get him. We got to Fuck out We're going to get him and get." Him. And I got the other side going, "Well, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's insane." It is clinically fuck insane. Son of a bitch. There's, you just can't, come on, just fucking act like you, heard, you have ears. For fuck's sake. And the other side has to calm the fuck, you know, just go, here's what we're going to do. You know, it's a try. Just do it. Be civil the fuck about it. And it doesn't help when you've got Fox and CNN and MSNBC who only give a shit. There's no information about really what needs to be done otherwise. The, the only thing that's being done is, is it's like, there's going to be a fight. The fight's going to be this week, boy, we can't wait for the fight. It's like fucking, it's like Ali Frazier 3, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Every fucking turn, and, that's and even the, Demo- the Democrats are running a, 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 a fucking primary. It's like, oh, we're going to bring them all together, we're going to put them in a ring, there's a cage match. What the fuck, you idiots? So then we go to, um, uh, f- uh, this is from uh, Peter I, I, Seglars. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I, I didn't pronounce that. Fucking Democrats. Nice, Peter. And their bullshit impeachment—they can shove up their asses. Fuckers are wasting our tax money, useless crap they've been doing for years under the Obamas' administration. Go get a real job, you drunken Democrats, and explain how you all became millionaires on a 150k salary. Fucking assholes. Trump is still the president, and will be for five more years. For all you asshole haters. <laughs> Peter, I, see, here's the problem, Peter, and it's not just you, it's the other side, too. You, you have to, I need more kind of information. I just don't need the anger. I need, I get to do the anger, Peter. That's my gig. All right. And I know you wanted to get it off your chest, and I certainly allowed you to do that. But realize, um, y- your guy um, uh, is uh, uh, is rich, too, and. Um, and, and so, for every fact you can yell about one side in terms of that, the use of government and money, you can find on his side and what's happened with them. Both sides do it, Peter. And you and I can. And the problem is, is that and the problem is, we have neither news service wants to really deal with the facts of the case. Both sides do it. All right. He's and, and here's my problem. Peter with with him and that is is that uh my problem with him is he he bankrupted a casino okay Peter when you go out tonight all right when you leave here I want you to wander around and wonder how this person who you think is this spectacular leader all right and I can understand you, what your bitch is on, uh, with, with Democrats. I get that. But you can't not see he bankrupted a casino. Go out there and try to figure out how the fuck he did it. <laughs> so fucking old. I'm too fucking old to get up in the morning to see what Trump fucked up overnight. And I, th- this is from Keith LeBlanc. So Peter and Keith, I'm going to tie you together and put you in a boat. <coughs> That's what I'd like to do with the two people, you know, the, I can't even think of it, but Schiff and the other one who was sitting there. Uh, hmm? Jordan. I'd like, to tie, I'd like to tie them up. This is my solution. You tie them up, you put them in a boat, push the boat away from shore. <laughs> and, and I mean it. And that's how we solve this stuff. And they don't get to come back until they, they're going to they're gonna actually act like fucking human beings. <laughs> and that they come to some sort of an ability to talk with each other, and to have a communication. And if they can't, then they starve to death. (laughs) And that deserved a better laugh. (laughs) Wow. This audience, which had no empathy for anything, all of a sudden, well, don't have them starve to death. I have some stupid fucks to think that the, th- that the third-rate real estate con man is doing a good job, and my response is always, and then in capital letters, uh, Peter, which is the response that we get when, when this stuff happens, what the fuck? Stop watching fucking Fox News. I'm done. The rest is pen up like I ate too much fucking cheese. <laughs> okay? Keith and Peter, that's where we're at. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, I, I can't even, it's just, that's it. We got, haven't got time for this. <laughs> um, no, seriously, I, I talk too much. Uh, this is, and then end, Becca Blaze says, People. My rant is about people. I don't live in Springfield, but in the surrounding town. There are lots of farms and cows. I'd rather smell cow shit daily than deal with people. <laughs> Just, just saying, fuck people. Um, I'll read that tomorrow. Uh, this, is, uh, this is my first time back in... This is Jennifer Sislow. My first time back in Springfield since I was fucking laid off. Get this. The Webster's Dictionary is written by savagely introverted editors right here in Springfield since 1847. Did you know that? that's that's the saddest <laughs> so I've got six people <laughs> said yes, three went no and the rest of you <laughs> what is this dictionary you speak of? Maybe it's a coincidence, but thirty-seven of the forty-two editors were laid off. as the damn foundation box for this grand, glitzy, money-guzzling casino? The dictionary is on life support, but MGM rises like a mammoth. <laughs> they fired thirty-seven people who make the dictionary. Okay, Peter and um, Peter and Keith. See, that's really what's fucking important. See? Because I think language, which is the one thing we have left to hold on to, when when you fire the, there's only five people left in charge. We're fucked. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. I didn't know that. I, I don't think my reading it'll help. Um... Our, man- our language is moaning its death rattle, but MGM is alive and kicking. Wow. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I, I hope you win big tonight. I'm going to. This is Liz Irwin. Uh, could anyone tell me why anybody, and I think she's, she's in the room, could anyone. You are here. Good. This was good. Uh, Could someone, because I've never understood this either, could someone tell me why anybody would need 12 bridesmaids and 12 groomsmen? (laughs) My son is marrying a wonderful woman who I love dearly, but for God's sake, why do they need to bring a fucking herd with them down the aisle? (laughs) But for God's sake, and I have to feed them all the night before. I have to feed them, my ex and his new wife, her parents, and everyone who has a claim to these people for the rehearsal dinner. And who needs to practice walking down a straight line towards a great cross with a body hanging from it? Then I'll have the unending pleasure of meeting them again on the pasta line after the wedding the next day. I can only hope the beautiful grandchildren who are brilliant at making money to make up for all of this. Right away! I just celebrated my 60th birthday, and I'm not getting any younger. And this will put you right at 70, Liz. Take care of each other. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Our live rant audio was produced by James Salkind. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcasts.